0: Matthew chapter 6. This year, our series, our, our theme this year is roots. Getting back to the basics of our faith. Getting back to what it is we believe. But we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and we talked all about the Beatitudes, and now we're getting into the other teachings that Jesus uh, gave us here. And we started talking about prayer, right? We started talking about prayer, what prayer is. Uh, it's not necessarily a how-to on prayer, but... More, more like a what for, what should we pray for? And we, We're in Matthew chapter six. If you stand with me as we read Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 13, this is commonly known as the Lord's prayer. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. When you may be seated. Now, talking about prayer, we get to this part, and this is the Lord's Prayer. And those of you who grew up in uh, liturgical-style churches, uh, you may have quoted this or recited this on a Sunday morning or during other times, uh, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. So what I'm going to say does not discredit or discount that because that is the Word of God. I believe that Jesus wasn't giving us a prayer to pray. He was modeling prayer for us in this passage. In other words giving us a a model or an outline, if you will, of how to pray and what to pray for. What kind of things do we pray for? That's one of the biggest questions. When someone comes to know Christ as their Savior or when someone is starting to grow in their faith, prayer is probably the biggest struggle. People don't struggle. People people read. They don't struggle with uh, the need to read your Bible or how to read your Bible, maybe how to study. But people really struggle with prayer, what to pray for. Because let's be honest, a lot of times we feel very selfish if we're going to go to God in prayer for things, right? But the Bible tells us that God wants to hear from us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to converse with us. And he wants us to get personal about prayer. And that's where we're coming from here in this message in the next few messages on prayer, personal prayers the power of a uh, the power of prayers of a personal nature now this tuesday our nation faces another election day and if we're to believe what so many say it's a consequential election day for our nation but aren't they all right they all are it, it, and it's it, the rhetoric and the vitriol gets more and more and more as our nation divides more and more and more while it's true that God's word challenges us to pray for our nation and our and our leadership, and we will cover that, because they are God's ordained and chosen leaders, and that's, the, that's a tough part right there. And Charlotte, that's a tough part for people, because if you're, we'll, we'll go by colors, okay? If you're blue, you don't really like to pray for the red guy. And if you're red, God forbid you pray for a blue guy or woman or whatever right you know what i'm saying that's just the way it is because how could how could god be in control of that Well, he is okay god has a plan it's our it's not our role to tell god what to do or how to do his job it's our job to find our role within god's plan and serve him well america will 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 crumble and will never be anything listen man one of the one of the most one of the fastest growing areas of the church in this world is in the nation of china China is straight up 100% communist. Yet the church is growing and growing and growing. At one point, check this out, at one point in China, this was a few years back, 30,000 people a day were coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. 30,000. That's twice, that's about one and a half times the size of our town, of this town, East Long Meadow. So if we think that the answers to all our Christian and church problems will be solved on Tuesday by whether red or blue wins the day We don't understand how God works See while governments make laws about what is legal or illegal and that varies greatly from state to state if if you want to have some fun Sit down and talk with my daughter Ray about Missouri and what you can and kid when we first moved out to Missouri You didn't have to have insurance on your car and you could your car—they didn't have an inspection. There was no inspection of the cars, and people would roll into town from the hill from the hill country. Holy cow! I thought it was Jed and and uh, Grandma, you know, and and Jethro and you know the Clampets and the Cement Pond. I mean, it was crazy. Literally, no lie. You can ask Ray. I am not lying. There were people that would drive into town in a pickup truck with rocking chairs in the bed, and people sitting in those rocking chairs. I am being dead serious, man. And nobody thought anything of it. Like, oh, fill her up, sir. It's just the way to... So the laws vary from state to state. We've got a couple from North Carolina. Whoa, hey, what was it like driving into the People's <laughs> Republic of Massachusetts again? Right? Seriously, seriously. Did I say that slow enough for a Marine? Just, just check, because I, I can break it up into syllables. I would, For those of you who don't know, I was in the Army, so we always, always, always have to bust up the Marines and the Navy, but the Marines just have to say things a little bit slower. Oh, my goodness, this is so much fun. And while these things do vary from state to state and from nation to nation... The truth of the Bible is enduring and everlasting and like God himself never changes. So while we should pray for our leaders in our country, I believe that we should be much more concerned about ourselves, not in an arrogant, egotistical way, not in a selfish way, not in in the self-love kind of way that's being so much promoted in society today, but in a spiritual way because no law No election, no nation can change the truth of the Bible. No government will be your excuse when you stand before Jesus and no law can soothe your conscience when you choose what you know is wrong according to the Bible. Man-made mandates are not God's eternal law. Therefore, we need God's leadership and wisdom when we make decisions about our lives. See, I believe we shouldn't be asking ourselves how others see our lives. We should ask ourselves first, How does God see me? And then how do I see myself? How does God see me and how do I see myself? Because even though I've had people in the past, and maybe you have as well, people say, God made me this way, so if he wants me to change, he's going to have to change me. Well, man, that's like putting a wall between you and God right off the bat. Because if you don't see a need to change, then it doesn't matter what God does. Because you have to be willing to bring, to bring about change in your own life. If you're not willing to surrender, submit, give in, if you're not really willing to do those things, then God, he, he is not a slave driver. He doesn't force you to accept him as, his, as your savior. And he's not going to force you to follow him. So the choice is up to you. These kind of questions, I believe, will lead us to the answers that God can and will use to change our lives. And it shouldn't be our earnest prayer for God to make our lives easy. Our prayer should be for God to make us strong in the face of difficulty. See, it shouldn't be our prayer that God makes our life easy because if we're to believe the Bible to be true and we're to read signs, I believe if you read the signs uh, signs of the times, I truly believe we're in the end times. And I know a lot of us, many people disagree with me on that. Many people agree with me. I believe we are in those times. If we're to believe what the Bible has to say about the end times, then life isn't going to get easy. What we're facing—I mean, I don't like to watch the news right now. It's like watching a horror movie. But if you do happen to watch the news and you watch the the, the prices of things—if you—if you talk to Jess, our 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 gas monitor—it, yeah. I mean, we—I was thinking about you yesterday. Aaron and I were driving around and I looked at a gas uh, a sign. Of the gas and it was like, she said, wasn't it just twenty cents cheaper yesterday? Like, holy cow, man. What's good? And it's just going to go more and more and more and more. And thats it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse in those areas. So it's important for us to focus on us and our walk with Jesus and not necessarily be consumed with what's going on outside. The next principle of prayer from Matthew chapter 6 that we learn from Jesus is that our prayer life should contain an element of personal prayer. Prayers for ourselves. Now uh, here's a 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. For those of you who have been in church for years, you study the Bible, this is a very, very popular, very famous verse. And it usually gets drugged out along, uh, along about the time of elections, especially presidential elections, because we're always, people are always saying our, our nation needs to get back to God. Well, that's not gonna happen. Okay? That's not, and it shouldn't because we're not a theocracy. And if we're going to rely on the government for our spirituality, then that's just a crutch for us not to take responsibility for ourselves, okay? Don't rely on the, gov- don't rely on the government to pass a law so that you can feel better about your walk with Jesus. Just live right, and you'll feel better about your walk with Jesus, Okay? 2 Chronicles 7 14 says, And my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now let me just say this, back up for a second before I move forward. I'm all for laws that make our country more moral. Okay? But no law will make you a moral person. You make that by the choices you choose in your life. Now, here in Second Chronicle seven fourteen, we pray that prayer to heal our land. The part so many of us leave out, though, is everything before the last phrase. Right? We want God to heal our land, heal our land. Okay. Did you see what goes before that phrase? Do you see what the qualifications are for God bringing healing to that land? Why do we leave those out? Because that's the personal part. You see, God doesn't say pray for the healing of your nation. He says, pray for yourself and your brothers and sisters in Jesus that you will become humble, dependent, and repentant. Remember last week we talked about prayers of repentance, right? All this comes before the healing of our, of our land. Pray for yourself and your brothers and sisters in Christ that you will become humble, become dependent, become repentant, because that is the path to forgiveness and healing. You see, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. And that work is in ourselves. That work comes through personal prayer, a personal prayer type. We used to, when I was growing up years ago, we used to call that keeping short accounts with God, right? 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive our sins and cleanse us from what? All, all unrighteousness. He'll forgive every sin if you go to him and confess that sin. And rather than allowing that to build up and build up and build up so that you have, you know, you have a load of, a weight of burden of sin you're carrying, you can go to God at any time in prayer and say, God, forgive me for, for this. The roadblocks to these kind of prayers are time, ego, and judgment. Our lives are so busy that we don't take the time to pray. I mean, seriously, for those of you who are, those, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you grew up with, we were at, we were at the funeral home Wednesday night, right? This is no lie. This is absolute truth. Our sons came up to us and was it Gabriel that said, I figured out how to use that thing. Well, what was that? The phone on the wall. I figured out. Like, I figured out how to use it. It's like, wow, man, wow, cool. Oh, Michael, it was Michael. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was Michael. With twins. You better make sure you get it right, or you're gonna. Yeah. All right. It was Michael. It was Michael. All right. And I. It, it. hit me after a couple of minutes. Like, wow, man. Yeah. I. I remember I remember when mom when dad would call us from sea and mom would stand there with a watch, right? Timing us because you you could only have so many things and you always had to say over when dad's calling you ship the shore. But uh, those of us who grew up with phones on the wall, with the rotary, where you oh my goodness. Nine one one, what are you talking about? They'd, my house would explode before I got nine one one off on a rotary phone, right? Then we got a push button phone and that was cool. That was cool. Anybody ever grow up with a party line? Party line, yeah. hoof. Hoof. My goodness, party lines. For those of you who don't know what a party line was, that was a couple houses shared the same line. So, you had to make sure the Smiths weren't on the line or you could listen in on their conversation. Right? Yeah. Good times. I see people nowadays you know it's illegal to to, to use your cell phone hand, in your hand while you're driving here in Mass and Connecticut is too. But I see I see people jogging, right? You're jogging, man. You're jogging, and I've got a couple. I, I've got a couple pet peeves about the gym, Lewis. You'll know this, right? If you're working out at the gym, get off the phone. Seriously, man. Get off the phone. Focus on what you're there for. My goodness. Thank you. Exactly, <laughs> Presley. Get off the phone. Nobody wants to hear your one-sided conversation. Because you get really, really loud. And the other one is when people go into the sauna and they, and they exercise. You do push. Come on, man. That's up for upstairs. This is where we relax. Just stop. Anyway. That's my, that's my diatribe on what not to do at the gym, but our lives are so busy now, we don't take time to pray. We're being bombarded with social messages that say you can be whatever you want to be. There's no right or wrong, and you define you no matter what truth may be, and technology and social media have laid our lives open and bare to everyone's opinion, and those opinions matter more to many of us than God's opinion of younger generation man they they um, they find their their self worth at how many likes they get on i guess facebook isn't a thing for the younger kids anymore i don't know what they use but tiktok instagram those kind of things yeah and maybe you've cringed before with what people share on social media like ooh that's a a little bit farther down the road than you probably should have traveled, right? But all these things have taken time away from our personal time with God. And see, that's why this year we're spending time talking about roots, getting back to the basics of our faith because we've wandered so far away from reading our Bible, praying, and shining our light, which is the basics of being a Christian reading your bible getting to know jesus letting him letting his word speak to you letting the holy spirit work in your heart and your mind through the word of god and then going to god in prayer for everything like corey tenboom said if it's too if it's if it's uh, too small to pray for it's too small to be a burden right what has happened to the times where we just go to god about everything Prayed about everything in our lives. Just talked to him, but shared with him and talked to him about how much we love him and how much we're thankful for him and and thanked him, thanked him, thanked him for the blessings of our lives. Instead, we're wanting everybody to like our picture of our cat. In my opinion, it's time. As believers, it's time that that kind of stuff stopped. It's time for us to take a look into the mirror of God's word, as James tells us. Take a look into the mirror of God's word and not be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word, right? That's what James tells us in James 1.25. Look into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God. See yourself in the mirror of God. By the way, God's grace, the word grace is in one of the Hebrew definitions of, or Greek, I'm sorry, definitions of the word that we we translate grace is reflection and we're supposed to reflect the grace of God to the world. The grace of God is supposed to shine on us. We're supposed to reflect that to the world. That's what Jesus meant when he said be salt and light. It's time that we looked in the the word of God, the mirror of God's word. See our faults, see our struggles, see our problems. Go to him in prayer, not be afraid, not be ashamed. Listen, fear, you got nothing to fear from God. Nothing to fear. He wants good for your life. I, uh, Toby Mac's new, c- New. I can't call them CDs anymore. They're albums, right? Back to albums and not on vinyl. Toby Mac's new, c- second song on there is the goodness. Oh, what a great song. You're the goodness in my life. I almost want to break out and sing, but I want you guys to come back, so I won't do that. Thank God for his goodness, for his love, for his mercy, for everything he's done for you. Stop seeing the negative so much and focus on the positive. The old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. When you sit down and start counting out what God has done for you and going line by line li- by line of the goodness of God in your life, man, those troubles don't go away, but the struggle with those troubles will. The troubles, are, the troubles of life are gonna be here, but the, your struggle with those troubles will melt away when you learn that you can lean on Jesus, you can rely on him, um, I'll, I'll be very honest, last, the, this last week and a half. Man, Friday, actually was Thursday after the funeral. We, we, we left the, the funeral, uh, left the uh, veteran Cemetery. It was a very emotional service the, at the VA, the Veterans Cemetery. If you've never, I'm, it's gonna sound weird. If you've never had the privilege of going to a funeral at the Veterans Cemetery, I mean, it really is, they do a, a phenomenal job. Um, and it was very emotional. The whole week was emotional. And those of you who have walked that road know what I'm talking about. And Friday was just a day of, whew, I, I just, I, I don't know what I did on Friday, but it was just a day of just letting, just, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, but I, I know Friday, I had a couple hours that were real tough and I just prayed. And I learned to, I, my dad learned he learned me. No, my dad taught me how to pray. My dad taught us how to pray about everything. how How much of a waste would his time have been had in my on my one of my very toughest days of my entire life that I didn't lean on him in prayer. So I did. It doesn't change the fact that my dad's gone. It doesn't change the fact that I can't just go over and see him. Doesn't change the fact that there's nobody to needle in the Army Navy game this year. They don't usually needle, they usually beat us, but that's okay. But I can pray about it. I could pray about it. And I could pray about the, the miss in my heart. I could pray for my mom, who I know is missing her 67 year partner of life. I can pray for my siblings. I can pray for my wife and my children. We've got to get back to prayer. We've got to get back to prayer about everything in our lives. And you say, well, I, I just don't want to bother God. First of all, you can't bother God. He's God. You want me to define that? I can't. I just know that all of this exists and keeps going because of his word. Because of the words of his mouth. The Bible says he spoke creation into existence. Spoke creation. Aaron and I had a conversation this past week. Do you, because there's a there's a verse in the Bible that says, a day is as a thousand years with the Lord, right? And there's this theory that creation was six 1,000 year periods. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God spoke and it was. And the way we understand that in, in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, it said, and the evening and the morning were the first day and the evening, and the morning. So it's in our language. Yes, twenty-four. I believe God created this in 24-hour periods. I believe he could create it, could have created it all at once if he wanted to. The reason I think he took six days is because he's teaching us how to take care of ourselves. Work six days, take one day of rest. Some of you younger folks, you might want to learn that. You know, Work yourself to death. God, God taught us That there is a you need a day of rest. He even did it. So, how do we pray this way? What are the changes? I mean, what what do we have to do? How do we pray this way? What are some personal prayers that we should pray? I've kind of broken them up into a few different groups. So let me share what some some ways I think that we could get back on track if we prayed this way. The first kind of prayers I believe, personal prayers that we should pray, are spotlight prayers. Prayers that shine the spotlight on you. Now that may that may make you leap up and say, "Oh great, I can I can talk to God." I, it's like it could be all about me. Wait a minute. That's not what that means. That means having a prayer time of introspection, right? Times where you look into your life and you ask the Holy Spirit to look into your life and reveal to you. And maybe, you know, once again, that picture uh, from Revelation, the verse, uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And that picture that we all have seen, Jesus knocking on the door. There's no handle on the outside. The only handle is on the inside. So the only way that door is opened is if you open it. Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knocking saying, can I come in? We can talk about this. I can help you with this. We can work on this. You see, spotlight prayers are prayers that we shine on ourselves, digging deep into our lives and saying, God, why am I this way? God, what is it about me that is causing me to react like this? How about this one, man? Hey, God, Why don't I like that person? I don't, everybody else does. I don't understand. Why don't I like that person? Why don't why do why do I struggle, God, with going to church? Why do I struggle, God, with reading my Bible? Why do I struggle with these things? God, why am I so weak in these areas? That kind of takes the edge off the, well, it's all about me, isn't it? Spotlight prayers, prayers that put you in focus. Hudson Taylor, great missionary from the past said, do not work so hard for Christ that you have no strength to pray. For prayer requires strength. Back up to what we talked about just a minute ago. God taught us six days of work, one day of rest. You can be so busy in the work of the ministry that you're too busy in the work of the ministry. And that you're working yourself so hard, so hard, so hard. I have I, there. There are people that want to do everything here at the church, and I have to say no to some people. Now I don't necessarily come out and say no, but since I'm the guy that puts people in positions of leadership, I can I can say no without saying no. Why? Because I don't want people to burn out. I know what that looks like. I know what it looks like to see people burn out. And I know what comes of that. And I know it's a whole lot easier to deal with people taking a couple days of rest for themselves away from the ministry than it is to help somebody recover from burnout. So how do we pray these spotlight prayers? The first way is this. Pray courageously. Pray courageously. There's... There's no no feeble knees that are needed in prayer. Folks, when we pray, and especially when we pray for and about ourselves, we better drum up some courage to talk to God about the truth. We better reach deep down inside ourselves and say, Okay, God, I want to, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to, but I want to do business with you about my life. And God, I'm going, once again, I, I know it sounds so easy, but it's so tough. God, I know that it's going to be difficult to do this, but I want to know what I need to do to change and to become victorious in these areas, but I need you to show me what that is. I need you to show me what victory looks like. I need, some of you, this is, very, I get, get this question a lot from people. God, I need you to show me what surrender looks like what does surrender look like for my life lord how do i surrender my will and replace it for yours the reason that's so tough i believe is because you still have to go on with life you still have to face everything i believe the first step in doing that is to pray courageously psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 the psalmist tells us Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. That's a courageous prayer right there, man. That's a courageous prayer. We, there's a, an old hymn, Search Me, O God. You sing it sometimes in uh, at the, when we used to have altar calls and invitations. Search me, O oh God. Know my thoughts. See if, oh man, see if there is any wicked way in me. That's not a prayer for the weak. That's a deep, powerful, searching, penetrating prayer. Asking God to show you what needs to change in your life. Now, I'm not going to offer suggestions of what needs to change because somebody will then say, preached about me this morning. That's not the point. The point is, we all have areas in our life that need to change, right? We all have areas in our life that we need to work on. We all have areas in our life that we can go to God. In fact, there's so much in my life that I need to work on that I don't have time to worry about talking about other people. And I imagine that it's probably the same with you. I I, I believe that it's more important to go and talk to God in prayer about others than it is to talk to others about others and their lives. By the way, that would be classified as gossip. Although we do, we're like like Jeopardy Christians, right? We phrase our gossip in the form of a question. (laughs) What is, oh, did you see what they did? Pray courageously. Hebrews 4.16, writer of Hebrews says, let us therefore come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Man, even in your tough times, even in your difficult times, even when you're at your weakest, your lowest, your most vulnerable, your most struggling, God says, come to me with bold prayers and I'm going to help you out. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I remember in seventh grade, Elkton Middle School, I struggled with algebra, right? I was always real good in math, but then I hit algebra, and man, it was like a wall, and I couldn't get it. So one day I stayed after school, and my teacher, she's a young, a young woman, Southern Baptist, She was no joke, man. She didn't play games. And she, you know the teacher is getting annoyed with you when she's tapping the chalkboard with the chalk. This is the way to do it. Like when your dad, those of you of a certain age, when your mother or father would spank you and they'd spank you rhythmically with every syllable. Right? Get out from behind the pulpit and say this some of you parents of younger children, that's not a bad idea. Anywho, and man, in just a 30 minute time frame, that teacher unlocked the mystery of algebra to me. And I did great from that point on. What was the difference? I had to go to the source of learning. To have my understanding unlocked. See, it's the same way with your life and your walk with Jesus. You can't fix yourself, Christian. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can't fix yourself. Your brokenness was paid for on Calvary. The secret to being fixed, those of you watching us on Facebook right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the secret for your life, for, for your eternal soul to be fixed is in Jesus Christ. Asking him to come into your heart and save you, forgive you from your sins and save you, repenting of your wrongdoing. Asking him into your heart and your life. And Christian, the secret to unlocking the mystery of your walk with Jesus is going to him in prayer and making him the Lord of your life. Allowing him to take over and take control and consulting him on decisions, consulting him on your daily life, consulting him in your, in your walk moment by moment as the, as we're told, We grow from faith to faith. Go to him courageously in prayer. Secondly, these kind of prayers involve praying intentionally. Pray intentionally. What does that mean? It means to do it on purpose. Not just an SOS prayer. Not just, oh, I had a blowout on the highway and I need somebody to come by, God, please help me. This is pre- intentional prayer. Like Jesus taught earlier in the past, in, in, the, in this, uh, this mess, the Sermon on the Mount. Go into your, in Old King James, it says, go into your closet and shut your door. It's where we get the, the phrase, the term prayer closet. Go in your closet, shut your door. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That's intentional prayer. Having a specific time or a specific uh, situation, a spe- specific time of day or a specific place where you go to God in prayer, not forgetting to pray, not neglecting to pray, intentionally going to God about life. Intentionally going to God about your family. Intentionally going to God about yourself. God, I, I see myself struggling. I see myself kind of veering off course. And Lord, there's just... <laughs> There's just kind of empty spot in me right now. There's not a lot of passion here, God. Could you you help me with that? God, could you you help me with that that passion? Because, Lord, I don't want to drift away. I don't want to become just another another statistic of people who have left the church. I want to do something for you, God. So would would you help me with that, God? Going intentionally, God. Hey, God. This morning, before I, before I get out of bed and face this day, God, I, I just want to acknowledge. You know, for, for I, I, I like to acknowledge the blessing that I'm awake to see another day. God, there's another day, but this is a day that I need you. And that's every day. Intentionally going to God about everything in your life. Talking to him about it, asking his leadership. Lamentations three verses forty and forty one. Let's examine and probe our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let's lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. Go intentionally to God, intentionally for what's going on in your life, intentionally about the situation. Maybe you've got a rough day coming up. Maybe you've got a business meeting, or maybe you got. A, maybe you're being called in to. Uh, to to have a conversation about something. Maybe whatever it is, maybe you're going for a promotion. Maybe you're struggling with your job. Maybe it's changing jobs. Maybe it's a move. Man, those are the things you bring to God intentionally in prayer. Intentionally going to Him, saying, God, I know you've got answers for me. I don't know about you, but I, I do know about me. When it comes to these kind of things, I'm like behind the curve. I don't see what's ahead. I can't see what's ahead, but God does. Whatever whatever surprises me doesn't surprise God. Because he knows, he's sovereign. He knows what's going on. But it doesn't mean I do. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I'm not really crazy about surprises of any kind. I'm not crazy about surprises. I'm I'm not a control freak, but I do like to know what I'm dealing with. (laughs) I do like to know what's coming down the road or what I've got to face. Being intentional in prayer, having a time every day where you go to God and talk to God about your day. Man, that is so important to ask God's wisdom and direction and leadership and guidance. How about this? Going to God every day saying, God, please help me love the people that come into my path today. Even those Massachusetts drivers. Holy cow. God help me to love them. Help uh, some of you that work with kids, at Cliff and Sue, school bus drivers. Whoa, Lord, please help me not to put a brick on the gas pedal and jump out the door as it goes off the bridge. Right? Oof. Going to God in prayer intentionally for your day, for your life, for your family, for your children. God, I know what my kids are facing today. Please, God, please guide them and direct them. God, get into their hearts. Lord, my kids aren't necessarily where they should be. God, would would you give your Holy Spirit the freedom to move in their lives? If I'm as, as a father, as a mother, God, if my prayers matter for my kids, I know they've got to make their own choices, but God, would you hear a father's heart? God, would you hear a mother's heart? And would you guide my children in the way they should go? God, would you keep them away from the bad stuff? God, would you direct them towards you? Would you show them that path, God? You ever prayed that? God, show me the path for my life. Lord, it's dark right now. I can't see a thing. I don't know what's coming, what's up ahead. God, would you reveal that path to me? God, I know there's an open door somewhere. Would you reveal it to me, Lord, because I want to do the right thing. See, those intentional prayers, they're much easier when you intentionally go to God on a regular basis. That's what a prayer warrior does, man. Intentionally going to God. And these kind of prayers, these personal prayers, well, they're just like what they sound. We pray personally. Pray personally. In the way you think, but also maybe in the way you don't think. Matthew 7, verses 3 through 5. Jesus says these words, Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Oops. (laughs) Oops. That's not what I was praying for, God. That's not what I was coming to you about. I was, God, I was asking for the blessings here, Jesus. I was asking for the blessings. I wasn't asking for the conviction. That's a word we don't use much in church anymore, right? We don't talk about being convicted of our sin anymore. Yet that's exactly what we need many, many times, isn't it? God, convict me of what's wrong in my life. That's what Jesus was saying here. Why do you worry about the splinter in your brother's eyes but don't notice that log in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let, one, uh, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Then Jesus gets kind of, kind of nasty here, doesn't he? Hypocrite. Hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. See, you want everybody else to change to your liking, but you don't want to do a thing about your own life. And you is where your problem starts. So you need to pray intentionally and courageously and personally about yourself to God before you go to him about anybody else. Ashney Doobie said, healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. That's pretty deep when you think about it. Listen, I've got got scars all over my body. From this, that, and the other thing. Uh, Stupidity. Surgeries. Those scars, they mean... There's a remnant of what was wrong left over. Listen, I I wrote to my surgeon uh, last week about something, and I, I put in the letter. I mean, I just had my hip replaced in like August 25th. And I honestly forget now that I have two metal hips and a metal knee. I forget those things because I'm, I'm back to like what I was a long time ago just because I've been healed of those issues doesn't mean they don't exist it just means that that pain doesn't control what I do anymore I was able to rake up the lawn we're like I think everybody's leaves from East Long Meadow blew down the street into our yard my goodness yeah thanks folks (laughs) jeez hmm And I was able to take, like, I spent the day, a couple hours yesterday, Aaron and I were out in the yard cleaning up leaves. And I was happy. And I was waiting. You know what? I was, Truly, I was waiting to break down. I was waiting to, for my, my hip to start hurting, to start limping, and saying, that's it. I can't do any more. If I do any more, I'm going to be out for the next week. That time never came. Like, man. This is awesome. I've been healed. It doesn't mean that those problems don't exist. It doesn't mean that I don't have replacement parts. What it means is that pain no longer controls my life. Some of you, some, listen up, some of you need to go to God for your healing. And I'm not talking about faith healing, having a you know, smack of people on the head of them, fall over to, That's not. We don't do that here. What I'm talking about is going to God and saying, God, please, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of this pain, this emotional pain. God, I'm so tired of this struggle. I'm so tired of dealing with this day after day after day. I'm, God, I'm so tired of this controlling my life. I'm so tired of this of Satan holding this over my head. And if I'm being honest, God, I'm so tired of me holding this over my head. God, I just need a healing from that. I just need you to heal. Listen, healing doesn't mean it never existed. Healing just means that pain, that tragedy, that struggle, it doesn't control your life anymore. You're free from the bondage of your pain, of your past, of your sin. And I think that's a perfect place to stop for today. We'll pick this up next week. I think that's enough. I really do. Folks, my challenge to you this week in prayer is to pray those personal prayers. Pray those spotlight prayers. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe that's something that is foreign to you as a Christian. Praying for yourself. And listen. It doesn't have to. It's not a. It's, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. We've been taught so much to think of others first and pray for others first. We're we'll cover that as we move through this sermon a little bit more. And praying about our needs, our struggles, our problems. Already, been told, always been told to deal with them. And as a, as as Christians, if you grew up in church for years, maybe you were told that. You know, you just have to buck up and take it. No, you have to take it to God and let Him. And I'm all listen. I I, I use the word healing when I talked about my surgeries. I, absolutely, absolutely, I was healed. I was healed. God doesn't always do a miraculous healing that requires nothing. Sometimes God uses the wisdom and the knowledge that he's given humanity to fix a problem. We we tend to shy away from those things as Christians because we wanna see the the miraculous and we wanna have the show. Listen, I'd much rather have titanium in my body and I can walk and do everything else than wait for a show, Right? right? Pray those personal prayers. Pray those spotlight prayers. Talk to God about you. Have the courage to go to God and say, God, mm, I need you in a big way right now. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of coming to you, Lord, coming to worship you, having your word to look into. But God, but what a great privilege we have to come into your very presence in prayer. Lord, uh, maybe some of us need to learn more about prayer. Maybe some of us need to learn to fine tune our prayers. Maybe some of us just need to step up our game in prayer, Lord. Whatever our need, would you meet us there? Would you meet us at our need, God? Do in us what you desire to and give us the courage to face that, to face that need so that we might Be courageous in prayer and see victory in our lives. Lord, a week is coming that we've never faced before. Don't know what's coming around the bend. God, would you prepare each and every one of us for what's ahead? Lord, there are open doors out there. Would you lead us to those doors? God, for those of us who are banging on a closed door that's never going to open, would you show us the need to stop knocking and to move on. God, may we go out this week as emissaries, as as worshipers of you, shining the light of your grace to a world in need. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Bless us. In your name we pray. Amen.